Welcome to the She Grows Podcast. If you missed our gathering for February, get ready. Fresh off the heels of a great conversation series with Sheila that all went back to how much we need each other, today you'll get to hear a message that Danielle, Sheila, and Becca did together on friendship at our February gathering. Here we go. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. I am joined up here. First off, I'm Danielle Doss. I am one of the leaders here for She, but I'm joined up here tonight with some of my very best friends. We have Becca Poe and Sheila Jeffries. <laughs> it's so funny to think about um, like the differences between the friendships here. Uh, I, okay, so Enneagram 7, so much fun too. She's like, you know, Mama, Mama Sheila. I always say that you're my salve and that you're the pain partner. I'm here for And your she's pain. proud of that. <laughs> if, you've not, if you've not listened into the podcast, both of these women have been on the podcast with us. Sheila is currently going to, and then the next one will actually end up, um, it'll be the last one that you're, well, I'm sure you'll speak again. <laughs> we'll see how everybody does. Um, so anyhow, yes. Uh, I'm joined up here with my just very best friends, and I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about friendship tonight, which is just only like what we should be doing. Um, and while we have definitely weathered a good bit of life together, specifically in this collaboration of like, you know, we're, we're digging in and we're, we're really taking a lot of things to heart. This is not easy to get up here and speak and just like go through all the hard work to be able to share this. And so I'm just so thankful to have this. We have actually gone through, as we've collaborated together, a book. um, It's called Friendship. It's Complicated. Has anybody ever experienced friendship being complicated? (laughs) There we are. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. So it's a great resource. Um, I would encourage you to get that. And um, also, so there's a few things that I want to just kind of like set your your heart at ease. One, to our friends that are out here, we're not talking about you. If we have, if if we are, then we've already had a conversation with you. Okay. So, and then secondly, it's going to be so easy for you to be going through tonight's message thinking. Okay, well, yeah, I would love for that friend to do dot, 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 or yeah, if she would only do dot, dot, dot. But my best piece of advice to give to you tonight would be to to grow for yourself because you're going to hear a lot of things, but the best thing that you can do for any friendship layer is to go in and do the work on yourself and your friend do the work on herself. So, Sheila, why are we here tonight? Well, we are here because... Obviously, friendships are complicated. Yep. They're legit complicated. But what's so cool is Jesus modeled friendship. And he experienced the highs and the lows of friendship, but he still called us to love. Like, how easy is that? Yes. And yes. in John 15, 17, he says, this is my command. Love each other. That's it. That's pretty like, simple. We can simple. do that. Not right? complicated. Not That's not difficult at That's all, is it? That's not the complicated part. Love one another. You know what I love so much about friendship is that it is a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Like, we get to be friends together. I am a better person because of the friendships that I have in my life. But I've also realized that friendships are a great tool, and it's not an idol. And it can't be an idol. I love what um, James 17 says. 117. Mm-hmm. 
It doesn't have it on here. Okay. <laughs> Whatever is good and perfect is a Thank gift coming you. down yes. to us from God our Father, yeah. who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or yeah. casts a shifting yeah. shadow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. What about you? That's why I got friends. Yes, so thank I can you. Help you I am here <laughs> for the things friendship. Go crazy. And I'm um, the, uh, I think the other reason that we really just wanted to kind of dive in and hopefully go deep with us is, y'all, because loneliness is real. Like, sit with that for a minute. Loneliness is real. Mm-hmm. We're exhausted from managing all the social affairs. We're exhausted from all of the social events and all the acquaintances but how many of us at 10 o'clock at night are going to sleep feeling like nobody really knows us? Mm. It's true. Loneliness is still real. There's a new report from the CDC that came out a couple of months ago, and it's actually about our teenagers' mental health. I'm a school counselor, um, so I totally geek out on stuff like that, but it's our teenagers' mental health. And there's so many stats in there that are positive and really encouraging. And then there's the stats about um, girls feeling persistently sad and hopeless and there's a 60% increase in our girls that report teenage girls that they have missed two weeks or more of their regular life from not being able to attend to regular life because they're persistently sad and lonely of every three girls one of those three girls seriously considered suicide in the past year one of those four girls went so far as to make a plan so when you think you're the only one, or when you wonder, what is it that's going on out there? The truth of the matter is, we're exhausted, we're exhausted, but loneliness is real. Mm-hmm. And it's not just our teenagers, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's in the church, it's in work, it's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we don't say that to totally stress you out, right? We're hoping we're gonna leave here with a little bit of hope and that we're gonna leave here better mm-hmm. than we came. Mm-hmm. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, it's kind of sombering to hear those stats and then read that right afterwards, isn't it? Like, but don't worry about anything. But the truth of the matter is, truly, every single one of those girls, every single one of you, you're God's creation, prized daughter, loved. So when he says, don't worry, He means I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. So don't worry about it. Not that it's light, but that it's not too heavy for him. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pray as we get into this message. If you'll bow your heads with us. God, we thank you for today. Lord, thank you for every single woman in this place. God, we just ask right now that you give us a heart for friendship and a heart for community. God, you call us to love. You call us to high, high expectations for love. God, give us the capacity to love like you love. God, we thank you for every single woman who has nurtured, loved, encouraged, or supported us up until this point. The woman that we know we wouldn't be here without. And God, we just pray, Lord, that you shift our hearts today. God, that you reach into those dark, broken places that we're so scared to show. And God, that you provide peace even now. God, we ask that you open the floodgates of healing, and God, that you challenge every single one of us. We love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and just, y'all probably saw my face of sheer panic because my laptop, like, just completely crashed up here. I'm like, oh, Father, it's great. We're going to talk about friendships. Oh, good. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep going. The Lord has restored. Thank you, Lord. Okay. 
I've just lost years off my life. It's okay. (laughs) Okay, so while, you know, it's so funny because when we were talking about... um, specifically this message. I'm like, but, but where's the laughter? Like, where are we going to laugh at? And they're like, no, we need to like actually give some good, you know, resources to our girls that are going to be listening. So we're going to dive straight on in and we're going to get to the seriousness of it. And then I'm going to try to look for that comedic laughter somewhere in there. (laughs) Okay. So first we know that friendship can be complicated. So one of the reasons why it's complicated is because we tend to focus on our history more than our healing. You're going to want to write that down. That's good. We tend to focus more on our history than our healing. So let's just say it is what it is. Like we all have past hurts. We may have woman wounds. That's a word. (laughs) That tend to lead to self-preservation. We could have um, any sort of attachment issues, just shame, lack of boundaries. Anybody have any sort of lack of boundaries in here? Don't raise your hand. Okay, that's fine. There it is. It was right there. Noted. Uh, how about the friends that are like just typically negative? You name it. There's any reason to go in and and think about the the history of our friendships. I know for me, it's I'm. You know what? Like I'm just the personality. Like we're gonna be friends. I have no problem in just going up to a complete stranger and be like, "Hey, best friend. Like it's me and you." I also understand that's pretty weird for a lot of people. (laughs) When we first moved to the city, um, my daughter, she was like maybe 18 months at the time. And uh, there was a lady on the street. And she was, you know, she had a little girl about Bella's age. And I was like, oh, we're going to be best friends. Like, this is the Lord ordained. And so me, I'm like, best friend, you know, like just in it. And I never saw her again. It's fine. It's fine. But I just, I can see, like, while it might be super easy for me to just put myself out there, I have noticed that it can be a little vulnerable to put yourself out there. And maybe women are a little bit guarded. I know that we've talked about that. So let's talk about why it would be difficult to be vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, you guys can take stock of your history. And I'm sure it is not hard to Mm. reflect back too far to think about that first hurt or the second, or the tenth, um, at a female's hand, um, or her word, or her lack of showing up, or whatever. Um, You know, we really can't start talking about this without acknowledging our first female relationship, which is with our moms. Um, And I know when I say that, probably some of you guys are like, I wasn't prepared to dig deep into my mom's stuff today. Um, And then some of y'all are like, I'll never be my mom because she's so amazing and wonderful and sparkly, right? Like, it's, it runs the gamut. But whatever it is, it affects us. And it very much lays the foundation for every other female relationship we have in our lives. No pressure, moms. <laughs> um, so for me, you know, I've shared a piece of my testimony earlier this summer when I spoke. And it's not a secret that my relationship with my mom uh, had its struggles. I loved her. I adored her. All I wanted was to be in her sunshine. Um, But she had her own struggles. She had mental health struggles. She had substance abuse problems. Um, When we were talking about this, which was essentially therapy, by the way, so you're welcome. We dug deep into the trenches. Um, When we were talking about this, I told him, I said, you know, I remember my best day with my mom. My best day with my mom. I came home from school, and normally she wasn't home or she was, like, locked in her room because she was depressed a lot, frankly, and didn't like to get out of bed. And I came home, and she was prepared for me that day. 
And so she was like, hey, how was your day? And she asked me all the questions I'd ever wanted to be asked by my mom. And she legit French braided my hair, which was not like a normal thing. But we just sat on her bed, Mm -hmm. and she locked in on me. And I, it was my greatest day. So I went to school the next day, and I had the opportunity to go somewhere with a friend afterwards. And I said, no, I'm going to head home, because truly, I was just excited to go home. Out home the next day. And um, that was the day that I had found her after she had attempted suicide. So my best day with my mom was really her way of saying goodbye. So it's, you don't do that and then not carry some stuff, right? Like we joke about how I'm not a hugger all the time and how it's slow to trust. But y'all, there's a reason. There's a reason I want you braiding my hair. It feels some kind of way. And so everybody's got that stuff. Uh, We've got three kids. When I found out our first child was a son, I was like, okay. We can do that. Then I found out we were having Violet, and I cried when I found out that we were having a girl because I was just so scared. I was so, so scared that I wouldn't know how to do it any other way. But I'll tell you what, when we focus on our history Mm -hmm. and we don't move forward to that healing, we miss the part where God shows out in those hurts, where I have the sweetest girls that you have ever met in your life, and they are a blessing and a treasure and a gift that only a father could provide. And never for a minute have I gone without the nurture and love of women. Sheila, I know you had some history that led to healing for you. Yeah, for sure. So when I was younger, um, I was sexually assaulted by family members at their hand. And, um, you know, in those kind of situations, you think, okay, well, I'm going to go to my mom and she's going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Well, she didn't. She didn't believe me. Mm -hmm. She actually believed them. And so there was a point in my life that I realized, I said, okay, either I can stay here and this is going to continue and I know what kind of road that's going to lead me down, or I'm going to have to run away from this completely. So I did. And deep down in my heart, like I kind of hoped that she would follow me or believe me at that point. She didn't. It actually just got worse. Um, And that's kind of where I feel like I go into the part of where I lost my worth. And I was all, always felt like um, I was having to over-explain my value in relationships and in friendships yeah. because, because of that situation and how much hurt was there, my mom wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it mm-hmm. won yeah. the best start. No, for sure. And so that's the whole thing, right? Half the time when we're making new friends, Like, we bring our history to figure out who we're going to hang out with and talk to. It's really nice when you've got something in common with somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we bring our history and we share that, and that's great. But if we're really challenging, like, how do we take it from acquaintance level to being known and it being a God-honoring friendship? It's when we move past talking about that history all the time and we call out the healing in one another. And we challenge each other to healing. And my friend says, hey, Danielle does this all the time. She's like, hey you know that you're a safe place for your kids? Do you know that? Mm-hmm. And that is an example of a friendship who's calling out healing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you know where somebody's been, you know how to encourage them. So if we are really saying, how do we uncomplicate friendship? Well, y'all, we got to move past our history, and we've got to start screaming from the rooftops our healing. Mm-hmm. We've got to start calling it out in each other and speaking it out when we see it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, the Lord was good, and then... <laughs> He's still good, but my laptop is now Hi, officially done. You. Thank you. you need yeah, thank you. Um, so I think that the greatest thing is um, the gift of being able to be authentic 
with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But vulnerable with a few. Mm -hmm. And I know that, like, our personalities are going to be like, everybody is going to be our best friend. (laughs) And and that's why you have friends like Becca that it's like, no. (laughs) Authentic with Vinny, though. That's right. right. (laughs) So let's talk about the second part of why friendship is complicated. Yes. So the second one, why is friendship complicated? Because we focus more on our own expectations than our intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all bring our own expectations to the table That's every right. single time um, that we meet somebody, right? Ooh, what can I get from them? Or what, what, how are they going to fill me up today? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we come from a place of expectation, we miss out on really focusing on intention. Right. So what, what did Jesus model for us in friendships, Sheila? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first, we can, you know, realize that he modeled exactly what friendship's supposed to be. He had yeah. three close friends, three. Mm -hmm. Then he had 12 disciples, which those three were inside that Mm -hmm. 12. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he had 72. And then it says the multitudes. So I feel like he tells us like, look, you don't tell all your stuff to the 72 people. You have your three close friends. Yeah, that's so good. Everybody listen to that. Not everybody <laughs> needs to know that's a hard, all your business. That's hard, yes. That's hard. <laughs> we'll call the multitude your Facebook. We'll we'll, there it is. We'll just clear that one up real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, my dad used to say all the time, hey, if somebody hurts your feelings, either yeah. they sinned against you or there was an unmet expectation. He was such a simple man, a few words, but man, I mean, she says all the time, she's like, you may as well just tattoo his quotes on your body because you say them all the time. Um, <laughs> but he was, he would always say, it's an unmet expectation. And, um, and I think about that all the time, especially in friendship. Yeah. Um, one thing that we have done, we laughed about with a friend group of ours is we'll be like, wait, are you just venting right now? Or like, are you ready for us to like... <laughs> point out all the things yeah <laughs> like just let us know when you're ready for the pain partner to come out and to point out all the yeah because it is my personality I'm like oh we're gonna take care of business yeah. right? Mm-hmm. right but then there's a side of I need to recognize like yes. who my friends are in front of me if we're gonna be vulnerable together then we also need to know that we're gonna like have each other's backs we're gonna know how they communicate like I'm not going to be able to go to Becca and say hey I think you need to hug it out that's just not going to walk work with her <laughs> Sheila Sheila's your hugger she'll hug, hug you all day long away. Yeah, but sometimes like in that vulnerability and being able to it, it kind of presents itself a little bit more so like say for instance I, I want to just tease about this for Here a little bit. It's not big. Um, like, Becca and I have been friends for a long time, but, you know, probably just, like, taking our girls out to the zoo or something. And one time I remember sitting um, on her couch, and, and Becca just started crying. And I was like, oh, my. <laughs> Well, here we are. Good, good, good. Okay. It was happening and she didn't it even was pay happening. attention. But listen, sometimes because of that, because of just allowing for uh, friendships to just naturally, like you'll see those opportunities yes. take place to where you can say, okay, well, this is where I get to go in and see you where you are. Like I'm not going to be able to take charge at that moment, but this is going to be a moment where I'm just sitting and listening and just being such a solid, like a friend to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share about that TED Talk. Is that good Oh, with you? yeah, please, yeah. So we found this TED Talk oh, that was this. super cool, and it was in her notes, so I don't really remember the name of the person, but we will Shasta. share that. Shasta. Shasta. It was Shasta's Shasta. TED Talk, and yes. she was a rock star. <laughs> but it was basically saying there's three components yeah. of friendship. Like, if you really take stock of your friendships, every good, healthy friendship has these three things. Vulnerability. Yeah. Consistency. Mm-hmm. 
and positivity. Mm -hmm. And that if you are stuck in a place with somebody where you're not getting what you need, the truth is one of those things is missing. So if we're being honest about what practical steps we can take to not be exhausted by social stuff Mm -hmm. and feel more deeply known, Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to stop and say, okay, vulnerability. Am I sowing fertile soil in my relationships? Am I talking about people? Because if so, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to feel safe to me. Um, Am I listening or am I distracted when somebody's talking? Like, are you sowing seeds Mm -hmm. for vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Also, um, if we're looking for positivity, there's a lot of research out there that says, actually, it's like four to five. Four to five. It takes four to five positives to bring back to neutral a negative statement. So if I come in and I'm like, oh, everything was terrible, negative, negative, negative. What takes me four to five more positive things to bring that back to neutral? Well, that sheds a different light on am I positive or not. Sure. Because if your whole personality is your pet peeves or your gripes Mm -hmm. or all the things that you've got, well, guess what? That's draining. Or if everything, then then somebody's like, man, I really love you and I trust you, but it can just be taxing. So we kind of have to take stock on that ratio and if we're keeping it in check. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, that consistency piece. Yeah. I think sometimes people get in their head who their person has to be, Mm -hmm. and it's not in a season where that relationship can be cultivated because you're seeing each other once a month or twice a month, or it's just not working. So sometimes we have to look at the people right in front of us and say, where can I find positivity, vulnerability, and consistency? And are you open-minded enough and open-hearted enough to invest there? Yeah, we're not, we're not just, we're, we're actually, we're in the most social time to ever be alive. It's not an issue of, of, well, I just don't have dot, dot, dot. Look in front of you. See who the Lord has in your influence that you can be consistent and positive and vulnerable with. For sure. Yeah. Um, third one. Yes. Why else is friendship so complicated, Danielle? <laughs> no, let me just, <laughs> I don't even want to touch it. I'm so afraid. Oh, this is so good. It's because we operate from our insecurity instead of our identity. And I know that sometimes, like even us as grown women, and listen, I have multiple conversations with women all the time about, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know who my friends are. I don't know, like I put myself out there and, and whatnot. But honestly, if we are identifying from who we are, y'all, the only person that can ever completely, we can find any identity in is Jesus alone. Yeah. I can't look to Sheila. I can't look to Becca for that, for any kind of identification, because that is only the place of our fathers. For sure. And so if we take a second, let's start, let, let's rewind back to insecurity. We oh, operate from a place of insecurity, insecurity to identity. <laughs> All right. So let's think about the fruit that's born from yeah. insecure moments. Yeah. Are they just your most embarrassing moments? I think they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they are for me. It doesn't matter what age we are. No. Yeah. So I, I was laughing because, you know, there's a few scriptures in there that will specifically talk about what God hates. I just feel like maybe we perk up there. feels like a good plan. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he, the, uh, Proverbs 6 and 16 says is uh, a few things God hates. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I read that and I was laughing. I was like, well, that sounds like a lot like middle school. (laughs) Sounds like a lot like my office every day. Um, Where there's jealousy and there's gossip and there's competition and there's self-preservation. I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, We know as adults looking back that all of that roots back to core identity Mm -hmm. issues. 
If I am strongly, confidently walking in my identity, I have no reason to go tear somebody else down. But it takes time for us to learn that, and it takes one another to call it out. And so we have to be really intentional about how we guard against that. Jesus' friend group was not immune to it. Mm -hmm. If you read the gospel... Becca, you can't be my Danielle. Yeah. And Danielle can't be my Becca. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. It's okay. You don't have to be everybody's three, okay? It's okay. But for me, I think, you know, that's something that is a big insecurity that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they may think, oh, well, I'm not jealous. No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, look at your friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get a little, you get a little, your feelings hurt when your friend goes with another friend. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Isn't it so freeing to know that we don't have to put that on to one another? Yeah. Like we can go in and we can just be who we are. Mm-hmm. There's always room for growth, mm-hmm. but we get to go in and say, oh, I'm going to free you from, from thinking mm-hmm. this about me. I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. 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 Danielle's a masterful, like gossip ping ponger. If you uh, ever I was noticed. like, what? Like, it's, it's really kind of beautiful to step back and watch. Uh, it um, is, it's like a little like, mess. You try to go do it. It's like Teflon. It's like, <laughs> well, it's, once just, it, it's beautiful. So someone, give us some good strategies for real. What happens when gossip comes knocking at your door? Yeah, How do you get rid of it? Someone actually um, said something to me whenever I was in my early 20s. And, and they were like, well, it just seems like everything just comes to you. Like all this information comes to you. I'm like, it ain't because I'm asking for it. Like I'm coming <laughs> to happens. you to get some like mentorship here. Like, how do I shut this down? And so it's always been something that, like, I'm just, it's no nonsense. Like, if gossip, if you're coming to me, if you're going to, we're going to shut it down at the very beginning. I'm going to be quick to say, hey, have you talked to so-and-so about this? Most of the time, probably not. And then sometimes you might need a friend that could help give you a little bit of courage and say, hey, do you mind talking to me about this? There's actually great biblical principles for that. You go, you work it out. And if that doesn't work, then you take a friend. You work it out that way. And if not, there's another uh, step to it. But I think it's just so important that if someone's coming to you and then coming to you and you're constantly saying, hey, let's just address it for what it is. One, there's freedom. You're not having to go back and forth of like lay your head down on the pillow at night thinking, well, I bet she meant this. And No, you're going to go ahead and get it situated. You're going to already have the conversation. And then afterwards... I, people aren't going to be coming to you for gossip anymore. And I'm going to be honest, like, you don't want to be that friend that people are coming to about gossip. They're gossiping about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if we know that fruits of insecure relationships are jealousy and gossip and self-protection, or um, we were talking about this, and I was like, I mean, okay, maybe I struggle with vulnerability, but how am I really, like, self-protecting? Well, remembered. Um, when, and I talked to a friend of mine about this to ask if I could share the story, and it was even kind of tender talking it through because, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, I remember this. Um, but when I was in high school, one of my best friends, our plan was to go to college and live together. We both were going to Montevallo, and we were going to live there. And that was kind of the plan forever. And um, all the things in my family transpired. And, y'all, like, her family was a mess, too. Like, we raised each other. We were at each other's houses all the time. There was a reason that we were thick as thieves. So it wasn't that we didn't have this trust or relationship. But a few months before I went to college, my dad told me, like, hey, all the medical bills, all the legal stuff, like, there's no more money for you to go to college. So I'm real proud of you for getting that full tuition scholarship. But you're going to have to live at home or you're going to have to work and figure out how to pay for those things. Mm -hmm. And um, I was too ashamed to tell her. 
I was too embarrassed to tell her. So I, about February or March, I'm like, hey, I don't really think it's a great idea for us to live together. Like, I love you, but I think too much friendship. Like, I, I just hear that you probably need a little bit of space from your best friend. So I think I'm going to go potluck on a roommate, and, um, and you do that. And mm-hmm. because I already knew I was going to go and I was going to live there, but I was going to be working constantly to pay for those things. And I knew that she was going to pledge and do all the fun things, and it was going to be too hard to come home to that every night. Mm-hmm. So I never told her the truth. And that created such a rift in our friendship. We were very polite and smiley. We always are. Um, but there was a deep hurt there. And she never knew until two years ago when we went on a girl's trip together. Because really, our friendship kind of fell away, not in a bad way. But she, we went down two totally different paths. And we reconnected a couple of years ago. And so now we take girls' trips every now and then. She's a school counselor, too. So our paths have kind of crossed again but I told her um, on the way there, and she said, that's why? Because I had no idea. I just, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought that you just saw something in me that you would never, that it was just too much or I was on your nerves. And, I mean, isn't that what self-protection is? Mm-hmm. Is I'm just going to go ahead and cut ties my way in a way that I can stomach and control instead of laying that foundation. Now, again, the Lord can use all the things, but I think a lot of us go ahead and we keep things just nice and neat enough instead of trusting the Lord with the people that he's put in our lives. So um, the bottom line of that, y'all, is that friendships that are rooted in fear and insecurity, they're never, ever going to provide the fruit that we're looking for. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be a situation that's leaving you wanting more because deep down, all we want is to be known. And it's what the Lord wants for us too. Mm -hmm. I love this beautiful scripture, uh, Philippians 4, 8. Thank you, Lord, for our confidency screen right here. It says, (laughs) now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is just such a gift to be able to move into a healthy friendship. Again, healthy people are going to be looking for healthy people. Mm-hmm. Hurt people hurt people. If we're, if we're healthy, we're going to be attracted to the people that are growing and in health. And so think about that. Believe the best in the people around you. Yeah. yeah. One thing back to identity. Um, we might think we, we know exactly who we are mm. and that we've got a handle on that identity factor. Mm. But don't we know that things can come a rocket yeah. and shift it? And if it's not on Jesus, it's not on anything. What, what was your big rocking moment for your identity? So for me, like we said before, like my story, you know, I was very insecure, didn't really realize that. But I got married and I felt confident and I was a wife and a mom and I was solid. And I got divorced. And it was like, well, who am I? Who am I? I'm not a wife. I'm still a mom, but that doesn't just define me. And I realized that I had put my identity in people and in relationships and not in Jesus. And so it was a very sobering moment of, okay, Lord, like, obviously I put all that trust into these relationships and they failed me. But at the end of the day, what it really helped me realize is you can't put that. That's a big no. Yeah. Do not put those. Tra- do not put your identity in 
relationships, you have to have your identity in Jesus because he is the constant thing that doesn't change, doesn't leave. He's there. Yeah. So, for sure. And isn't it just empowering to know that, that, that your identity isn't yours to figure out? Like if I think about it, all the shifts and change that happen in life, mm-hmm. if, if, that was, if that was affecting who I was, like that's not rooted. It's literally going to change like the wind. <laughs> um, every job change, every new season of parenting, every, oh, now I'm a grandparent. What is that? All the things. Like it's forever moving. That's why Jesus is the only way to make it work. Because anything that we're locking in on is ever changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool to challenge one another to friendship because it's just like God to provide exactly what we need. When he created Adam and he saw he was alone, he said, right that minute, there's something missing here. Real relationships provide a mirror for us to really see ourselves in. That's right. It's a gentle, kind, loving way to grow. That's why we're called to community and to relationship because the Lord knows our hearts and he knows how to grow us in ways that are meaningful. And he knows exactly what we all need for those things. If I think about it, like what would it really look like if we walked into work tomorrow, secure in our healing, intentional in our actions and secure in exactly who we are in Christ so solid that we don't have to look left or right to see where we stack up. The Lord has called us specifically, his daughters, to more. And if we don't pave a way for our daughters, for the generation behind us, they're not going to know how to do it any other way. We live in a world that celebrates competition and celebrates comparison. We can't be that. And he makes it clear. Your father knows you through and through, and your identity is safe and secure in his hands and his hands alone bands back up here. They're going to play some music for us while we pray. I'm going to close your eyes for us. We're just going to pray um, that the Lord will bless every single one of us here. God, we thank you for this night. We thank you that you created us specifically for this time, that you've already paved a way for healing and for connection. God, we know that everything worth living in life, God, it's from you. It's a gift from you. If you're here and you're thinking, you know what, that sounds really great, but I'm not rock solid in that identity yet. I don't know if that's for me. I'm going to tell you right now that you were created for this moment. It's not an accident. You were created exactly who you are, exactly how you are because he loves you. You are not a mistake. You are not too messed up. He knows every hurt. He knows every dot of your history. And he knows exactly how to heal you. He is healer. He is Lord. And he is here right now. None of this works without him as the foundation. If we try to do it in our own strength, it's just going to breed more insecurity because we're not enough. We're going to pray. We're going to pray blessings on every single woman. God, I thank you for every single woman, family, job, place of business, piece of community, neighborhood represented here. God, we thank you. God, that you did plan and purpose us for a time just like this one. 
relationship and community and knowing every tiny detail of our hearts and how to love us well. God, we love you. Ladies, if you are ready to take that step of confidence and identity, I want you to pray this prayer with me, Lord. Thank you. God, I believe that you are exactly who you say you are. I believe in Jesus Christ, that he was born, that he died, that he was resurrected three days later so that he could defeat hell in the grave and everything else that comes after us to secure our eternity and to live a life declaring your praises. God, we accept your salvation. We accept your healing. Lord, we thank you that you always make a way. God, for and for all of us, God, that have put our faith in you. God, just lavish your love on your daughters. Show out, use our history as a stage to declare your healing and your goodness. That in spite of any horrors that might come our way, that there is nothing that you can't redeem. And there is nothing that you can't restore. And that there's nothing that you are not good and faithful and true in. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. great conversation. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, we would love to know about it. Saying yes is easy, but walking it out takes community. We would love to do life with you. Make sure to connect with us on social media too, so you always know what's going on. And we would love it if you would take a moment just to rate and review this podcast. It helps us get the word out with more people. We would love to be able to reach farther into building a godly community of women. This is one way that we walk our faith out together. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day today. Until next time, keep growing. Thank you.